Hey, this is Ashlyn, former co-host of the Top 10 Recovery Podcast, The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert. I have had my challenges, but I am also living proof that joy is possible, even when life does not go as planned. I'm excited to share with you real examples of living a life full of adventure, true healing, and freedom, no matter how messy life gets each episode, I will introduce you to someone I love and respect to talk about ways to be the buffalo and to face your storms in different areas of life. Welcome, welcome. I have Miss Amy Andrus with me. She is my former therapist and now she's my friend. So don't become friends with your therapist because then you have to get a new therapist. Um, We are here actually at our first retreat for women to reclaim themselves and you're feeling it (laughs) yeah I want to cue up you know cue up the laughter yeah put it closer to your face put it closer to my face um okay so today we are just going to do a QA and a and we've already had some of these girls submit a question about core values and boundaries this is a juicy podcast because (laughs) one loves I always say juicy (laughs) so this really is though this topic can change the way that you show up in life and the relationships around you when you know who you are to your core and you can be boundaried. Absolutely. The most important thing is really drilling down to find those negative core beliefs. Okay. So, um, let's just get started with a question or do you want it? Can I start with core finding core values? Mm -hmm. That's what I would love to know because I know when I started to learn boundaries, it was incredibly confusing and we already did a whole podcast on just boundaries. Um, but diving into there's a, if you Google core values, you can come up with a list of a hundred, um, core values. So just words like integrity or Mm -hmm. time or honesty. Mm -hmm. So those are some of mine, if you can't tell. <laughs> right. <laughs> She's like abundance, but yeah. Um, and so you speak on that. And then I have some thoughts about okay. my list that I have in my office. Yes. So if I, when I started to dive into what are my core values, I started to recognize that the things that were bothering me, bothering me in my life, where I had resentments towards people, where I felt frustrated was because they were hitting me at my core. Okay. And when I realized some of them, there's a big one in my life. Mm -hmm. If, if (laughs) all the people in my life that I love struggle with time, Amy, you're one of them. (laughs) I know, I know, but I love it. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, years ago, Brandon from the Mm -hmm. betrayed, the addicted and the expert, he's the expert. I was very frustrated because I was feeling like I'm always on time. Everyone around me is always late. And he said, well, is it a core value for you to be on time? Mm -hmm. Is it, is it like respect? Anyways, we dug into it for like 45 minutes. And when it came down to it, it's not a core value for me. That is why everyone remains in my life that I love who is late. (laughs) We all drive her crazy, but she loves us, but I still love them. And so that it's different. I, I let a lot of it go. I was taking it personal. I was having resentment towards people when in reality, it wasn't hitting me at my core. It was just like this, it was the bee that was flying was around here earlier. An irritant, but yes. not a core value. Yes. 
And so I kind of like, I have to let this go and I can still use my voice and speak up for myself, but I don't need to end relationships or create these huge boundaries between the people I love. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would not be sitting here if you did, you know, but I love you. Love you right back. Okay. Tell me about the list in your office. Okay. So with EMDR, EMDR is all about getting to your underlying core belief. Okay. That's the, I'm not enough or I'm too much. Or, um, so we, we kind of did that a little bit yesterday when we started unpacking shame to get to what was that initial seed that was planted at a young age that began that, (laughs) that initial seed of I'm not enough. Um, where was that planted and how has it been reinforced? And so in, in my belief as a therapist, the most important thing you can learn and learn and learn, which is critical, but you've got to get down and unpack what is my negative core belief. Um, so the most common one that we hear is I'm not enough. That was mine. That was mine too. Yeah. And when you can get to unpacking where that began, there's also a generalization that occurs when it's like, da, 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 my three-year-old, my five-year-old, my teenage version. Once you get to it and you clear that out, that there's a generalization effect that you can see, okay, that is not even true. That was an experience that I entered into relationally and made a story in my head about what wasn't even true. And we all do this. We all do this. Everyone has, if, if you went through my list, you would, you know, scan through it and you would find one where it's like, ah, oh, like my feeling kind of a, a reaction to that belief. Let's do some work on that. And I would say how that relates to shame, because that was one of the questions, right? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. I'm distracted. That's, that's okay. Um, how that relates with shame, shame. You look at any three-year-old and they think they're the fastest, smartest, prettiest. Um, you look at any three-year-old, but then shame, you enter into shame relationally where something happens in a relationship that results in that. Okay. What is it about me? turns into that negative core belief. Okay. So it's funny you say that because when I was four years old, I was a hundred percent me. And I have this video that I wish I could find from my childhood. It's this dance party. I think I should probably do this. So it's a dance party in my basement with all my siblings and parents and things. And it is one of our favorite videos as a family, but we lost it. So I still see it in my head, like this memory, right. Of it happening, but then also watching it on TV, the memories. But that to me is where I see me a hundred percent just being wild and dancing and people, you know, were picking me up and they were loving me. They were choosing me all the Mm -hmm. things that I wanted, right. As a kid. Well, that's also when they started calling me the Tasmanian devil because I was 
wild and I was loud and I was, you know, I was little. Yeah. And so I started to shut down. And that was, so the story I told myself for so long, that core belief was that I am too much, too much. and I'm shy. I can't, I'm wow. like, I'm all these things. And I remember when I would say it to people who know me, like Amy, mm-hmm. she's like, you're not shy. Yeah. Like, these are the things you're doing to bring people into your life. You're not shy. I'm like, yeah, I am. I am. I have all this proof, right? And it's like, mm, I'm kind of a witness of your life. And let's check out this truth. Yeah. So I shut down who I really was to fall in line with that right. core belief, right? Right. And find proof everywhere. And that's the thing. Once you have the belief, okay, I'm too much. Mm-hmm. I'm too wild. Then you have that belief, which is often, you know, just the other side of the coin. I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. I'm too much or I'm not enough for sure. Um, but once you have it, I think I'm too much. Then you start looking for evidences mm-hmm. to support the belief. Right. So then you can see over time how woo, all of these experiences, I was looking for evidence where yeah, it's I not found even it. true. So this last year, uh, well, two years of me reclaiming myself as an individual without a partner has been me reclaiming that Tasmanian devil, love it. right? And it's a different version, but I never really understood the whole reclaim you. Mm-hmm. Cause I thought, no, I, I never was this version of me. I'm better. I'm this. I'm, I was never all the things that I am today. I was never these things. I've always been so shy and, and sad and all these things. And I get it now. Right. I was there. I was just really young. Right. Yeah. So so we enter into shame, um, happens relationally mm-hmm. and that's where those negative beliefs are planted. And when we were talking about shame yesterday, the only way to heal from shame is relationally. You can't do it on your own. So, okay. We had a, we have some questions. One was about shame. I know that's the one I was okay. just kind of trying to tie together. So how to recognize shame and the best ways to work through it. Um, first, I think the first way how to recognize shame is to acknowledge that you have it. I'm not looking at anyone in particular. Acknowledge it's, we're looking acknowledge at everyone. That we all have it. Acknowledge that it is universal yeah. and open yourself up to instead of I don't have it or I do open yourself up it with curiosity into okay, what what exactly even is this emotion? Because it's a really complex intense emotion. So first acknowledging that, okay, it's universal, which means if it's universal, that's all of us. Mm -hmm. Then really, um, the shame group that we did when it's, you will recognize it in your body first. So I shared an experience yesterday of the papers at the, at the, at the school. And for me, when I was shifty, that's communicating. Share the story. So our listeners know. Okay. I know. I'm like, you guys all heard it, (laughs) but we were talking about, um, examples of shame. And the one I shared was, um, have a lot of kids and I would always, you know, you meet the teacher and they have like 10 papers for the holidays and the room moms and just all of the things. And I always kind of took pride in being the one to sign up for everything. 
Me too. Because I because I'm a good mom. Yeah. Okay. To do it, I'm one of those that just loves it. Um, I loved that my kids were happy when I was there, but I signed up for way too much. And then I got to a place where I was like, okay, I'll just pick my special parties. And then I got to a space of high teacher. Okay, I see all your papers and I feel shifty about seeing those papers, but I'm not signing up for anything. Which, I'll donate. Which is hard it to is do. It is hard. Yeah. It is hard, but I felt shame in that moment, seeing the papers and choosing like, I don't want, I don't want to do this, but, but your body will tell you first. So you learn to recognize, okay, I felt a, a little prick of shame. Where did I feel that? Did my throat get tight? Did, did I kind of start to feel sick? Did I, um, so just your body will tell you first when I got shifty with the papers cue, I felt shame. Yeah. So when I get, I, shame comes in all ways for me, but it came the old ways, very much like you're saying mm -hmm. new, new ways is when I get a, a message on my Instagram or something and people are not kind <laughs> and I will, I feel shaky mm -hmm. because I don't want to respond because I know it's not my stuff, but I'm still a person yeah. and I still have to read that and it's still icky. And I feel that shame. And then I just have to like, let it go. <laughs> I'm okay. not going to respond. Right. And, and I'll get that too. That's yeah. one of my, like, kind of get shaky and my mind kind of yeah. just zones out and I'm just having a, a complete response, just physiological response. Yeah. But how did you work through it? That's the part of the question. So for me, I sit in it. I breathe through it. Um, I'm curious with what is the story I'm telling myself, mm -hmm. because let's say someone sends me a message. Um, I get this frequently that it's like, you're doing it wrong. Like you could have done this better. You could have said this better. You could have, I'm always going to offend someone. Right. I'm always going to be a little bit wrong for someone. And I don't always think of all the different angles to share. Even on this podcast, we're going to leave stuff out and um, people are going to be like, what I, how could you, um, so just accepting for, and giving myself that grace of, I'm actually never going to do it right for someone, but I'm going to do it right for me yeah. and I'm honoring me and I'm showing up anyway. Yeah. So I'm taking time to pause. I'm taking time to be curious with the story I'm telling myself. And then I'm become my own cheerleader and like reminding myself like, Hey, you're actually showing up. You're in the arena. Right. Don't take advice from the cheap sheet seats. Yep. They're not in here with you. Right. Um, it's vulnerable. And I usually don't respond that that's honoring me. That is, it is. I don't usually block people, but I just don't respond. So if you yeah. haven't gotten a response from me, you know why, <laughs> <laughs> but I love that. That's, um, you recognize it in your body, you start to shake and then you give yourself time to be curious mm -hmm. with, okay, what story am I telling myself? What story do I want to tell? I want to be able to say, you know, and how do I choose to respond? But that takes, I mean, resilience. That's a skill that you learned over time. Yes. Oh, and I will say the other day, I had a lot of shame over something, Instagram again. And um, one of my friends said, just tell me, tell me what you wish you could have said to these people, speak your shame. And I did, and it immediately diffused right? Just speaking it. And I didn't have anything less left to say, because mm -hmm. it was like, I'm so glad I didn't say these things, first of all, 
Um, but and we this are- is why, why I felt so much shame because it's hitting this, this, and this. We are all so grateful for your vulnerability. And that's what makes you just so special is it's not, you're not just doing it. You're, you're vulnerable. You taught me. <laughs> okay. What is the difference of being selfish versus holding a boundary? So for instance, if I wanted to go to an event without my partner, how do I share that without it being unkind or selfish? If that, if I want to honor me and I need that space, is, is it selfish or is it a boundary? How do you, how do you think I'd respond to that? Um, my, my thought is one is how we deliver delivery, (laughs) delivery matters. Um, I'm not always great at it. Um, but it does matter and it can come off as because boundaries can be kind. They're kind and they're honoring ourselves. Right. But we can think we're setting a boundary and, and, and put it on the other person and punish or consequence, or I'm mad. And so here's my boundary. Um, so delivery, I guess not knowing how to deliver it, I wouldn't know how to answer. (laughs) Well, that's such, I mean, that's such a wise response to the delivery. I think it's, it's interesting. I, I kind of take, take issue with, I think, especially as women showing up for yourself, you can feel selfish, whether it's taking a trip by yourself without your children or without your spouse, the women who are here today at this retreat, it can feel selfish. It can feel selfish. And so it's really wrestling with, you know, being able to say, is that a boundary? Um, boundary is what I really love. A boundary is a gift that you're actually giving to you. Yeah. So Ashlyn is fantastic at you know, she talked about her dailies and those are boundaries. The, the, the things that you give to you are boundaries. So being able to communicate that is not selfish that you're saying, I show up differently with my girlfriends on a, on a trip than, than when you're there. Mm -hmm. And I really need the space space just to be with women. Mm -hmm. Which as a partner, I can take offense to that and be hurt. But I can also look at it and say, good job. You're honoring your needs and staying connected to yourself. Yeah. How about we go on a date on our own? <laughs> do something else. And I do think it's really healthy for couples to have that, to have that and to be able to, um, for your husband to know it's anyone in my life is like, came hey, when Amy's with their sisters, she's with their sisters. Like none of the husbands are there and it's just, it's a need. So it's important. He loves you. You love you. You want to honor your need. Mm-hmm. He's going to want to want to honor your need. I love that. Okay. How do I deal with people's reaction to my boundaries changing or my core values being redefined as I grow and mm-hmm. change? When we change people that know us are uncomfortable, right? What was your experiences? What did you, what, what comes to mind? I feel like I shouldn't share publicly, but just 
Okay. If you don't feel yeah. like you should share, don't. I just, I've had a lot of unsupportive people in my life when I started to shift and honor me before people pleasing. Okay. Um, my response to that, how do you deal with people's reactions? As you honor you, the people who are in your life will still be in your life. And if they're not, they're not meant to be in your life. Yeah. It is interesting with that because I see that and, and for me to honor myself and ask for my needs and to have these people in my life, maybe be hurt by it, yeah, but also be curious and choose to stay. And, you know, that's, I, I really recognize this within when I went through my divorce and because we were, we were really kind of Barbie Ken looking family and people saw just when I went through my divorce, people didn't know how to respond to me, Mm -hmm. but my, my really true friends, like I really did find out who my friends were. Oh, hundred percent. And I did lose some friends in my divorce. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's okay because they have all of their fear and all of their, you know, feelings of discomfort. The, The interesting part is that, um, during my divorce and, and sharing what my core values were and realizing that some of my core values were not in alignment mm-hmm. with my friend. It was a very easy decision for me. We're just not aligned anymore. We had a great season right. together. We had a great friendship and it no longer serves me. And so I'm going to make the choice for you. I can't be your friend. Well, and I kind of look, like to look at, you know, we're all writing the story of our life mm-hmm. and some people are meant to be chapter friends. Some yeah. people are meant to be sentence friends. Some stay with you through the whole book yeah. and it's okay. That's hard to accept though. I think we think everyone should stay in our life. I mean, we're both divorced. I know we didn't plan on that, right? Nope. Um, did we answer that question? Good. I don't know. About if we shifting. Did. <laughs> Whether other people just honor you, choose you, choose you, choose you, choose you, and always. the people that are with you, those are your people. Yeah. And the people who aren't, they just have to get through their own stuff. Okay. Right? And this is something I told a few of the girls yesterday when they met with me was I spent a lot of my life, the majority of my life, wanting someone to choose me, wanting my friends to choose me, my partner to choose me. And when I wasn't feeling chosen, I was like, please, please um, want. And the reality is for me to realize, do I want them? Do I choose them? That was mind blowing for me right? instead of wanting to be, do they like me? Do they like me? Wait, do I like them? Right. What am I doing? Right. And really getting to that space of choose me. Yeah. You had to first step into, I choose me Yes. before anything. Um, I had one of my own spaces like that with going, navigating my divorce um, and having so much fear with clinging onto the attachment of, it was just scary, right? Um, And one of my commitments coming out of that is 
I will never beg someone to love me mm. ever again. Yes. Same. Because I want someone who wants me. Love me. <laughs> I don't want to want someone do, who I'm doesn't want me. I'm not going to beg you to love me. Why did we wait so long I to figure know. that out? I know because we just. We didn't feel worthy. We didn't feel enough. And we're loyal and stubborn. It's worse. Mm-hmm. Loyal to a fault. To a fault. Okay. Steps to take when your partner and you have different core values. So, or when there are some that align and some that do not. So this was me in my relationship. And that is why my relationship ended. Um, and I do think for me, I look at it and we didn't have a lot of the same core values, but we Mm -hmm. did have some important ones that Mm -hmm. were the same. Uh, but living the life I am now, I feel the importance of the ones I was missing that were aligned, feeling them aligned does hit different. Oh, for sure. I am happier for sure to be in alignment. And you have to have, if you're in a partnership, I mean, first getting curious with print off the sheet with the hundred core values and circle 20 and then circle 10 and then circle five and really drill down to what what really are they? Yeah. And continually reminding yourself of what those core values are and you, you staying in your, in your balance and in your integrity with what you value, because that, that betrayal of yourself, when you try to please, when your partner, you go through that exercise together and he's, his five words are like your five words to have it work. You have to each be able to deeply respect those core values of another. Yes. And which you, isn't going to be easy if, it's not. if one values growth and the other one does not. Right. That doesn't line up because one is going to be elevating mm-hmm. and the other one's going to be standing still. Yeah. Cause you're going to, you're going to out, outgrow, outgrow each other. And that is probably what I see the most of. Mm-hmm. And it's the hardest one because that doesn't mean you don't love. Right. 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 Um, divorce really isn't, you know, marriage really isn't so much about love as it is trust. Hmm. Which is why we're all here at this retreat. Because we love, (laughs) we love love deeply. It's not about a lack of love. Yeah. But it's trust and trusting your knowing and trusting, trust in the relationship and the partner you're with should absolutely know and just encourage your, your core value of growth. And that could, that is a beautiful way of saying it, honestly, is if I do, if I'm growth and my partner is not, but they Mm -hmm. respect it enough. Mm -hmm. Like I want to share this podcast that I'm listening to. And this is why I loved it. That's respecting that. I want to share this intellectual content Mm -hmm. and have that intimacy Mm -hmm. without it being another, you're going to try to teach me something. And that's I have, annoying. I have seen couples that are able to be in such different areas of core value, but I've seen couples be able to manage that yeah. when there's that trust and respect that I know how important this is to you. Mm-hmm. I want to know, I want to know your heart, mind. Because I mean, we're not supposed to be in if we have the same five core values, we're a match. Exactly. It's not going to be like that. Exactly. So if you're not a match five for five, yeah. you're normal. It's, but it's just the respect for their yeah. five as they respect your five. 
Yeah. And I'm just going to add to that. Your partner is not the enemy. No. They and are I not. think we often look in, in our situation, the women here, sometimes we forget. I'm, I mean, I've done it many times where I'm like, I want to fight back. They are the enemy rather than wait, I'm hurt because I love <laughs> what's exactly, happening. Exactly. And we don't want them to be the enemy because for so many reasons, it's we're holding on to the pain, but then also that places us in a continual place of victimhood. Yeah. And while we were victims of deceit and betrayal, we don't want to live there. No, we do not want to stay there. And we have choice. Yeah. We have agency of how we will, we don't want to give it that much power. Yeah. Okay. So can we just pause and just the women here in this room that you cannot see, that is why they're here is for themselves. They are not here for a relationship. They will benefit their future relationships or current will benefit from being here because they're choosing themselves mm -hmm. and to reclaim that trust in mm -hmm. themselves and their knowing so that they can trust others. Yeah. This is not about your partner. Okay. How do post-betrayal boundaries evolve through different phases, like boundaries through separation and through divorce? Mm. So tricky. I think, um, we can really overcomplicate boundaries. We can make it this like template almost of mm -hmm. this is the boundary here. And then this is the boundary here. And then this is the boundary here. Throw out their clothes. That's a boundary, <laughs> right? It's not a boundary. Guys. It's not, it's not continually coming back to yourself. And I, I'm hoping that we have in the least given you that flashlight to be able to turn inward. Um, because when you're strong, you, you know what you're feeling when you get to a certain space that gives you information of, okay, what boundary, what, what, what boundary do I need right now? Boundaries are gifts you give to yourself to feel emotionally safe and physically safe and spiritually safe. And so I don't believe you can just have these template. So like, if I'm going into a separation, you're not going to tell me how to be boundary. Mm -mm. Dang it. I know. Um, we can have a plan. You can, have we can a do plan. a therapeutic separation. We can have some guys. So invite my clients. You also can change your mind. You can also do push-ups with your boundaries. The more mm. in tune you get with yourself, can't deal with you. Yeah. It's okay. I need some space and, you know, teaching people how to treat you. I need some space and I really would like to to set aside a time where if we can talk respectfully that I can hear your point. And I, you know, so it's, um, I think it's more fluid than prescriptive. Yeah. And that's where I know in the beginnings I did get stuck because mm -hmm. it was like, here's my boundary. I'm taking space. You're moving here. We're doing this. But then when things started to shift, I didn't feel like I could change my mind. Right. And, it, it's and then it was like, wait, I don't know what I should do. And my trust is still wobbly again. Uh -huh. So what you did is you honored your need right now. I need, I need space. 
and you sit in that and you keep sorting through that. And then you, I mean, they are for you. They're mm-hmm. not just this cement wall. That Which is to- tricky. I mean, let's be honest, you have six kids. Mm-hmm. So if you're saying I need space, <laughs> Ashlyn's like, I'm going to take my mm. six kids and move out. Like that's hard to, to do. Right. Um, that is, you know, I, I had, let's, let's look at having a large family in the middle of the mess. Um, okay. You didn't come home last night. And that I was up all night waiting for you. And, and I feel that makes me feel so scared. And so I need, I need some space right now. Um, if you could sleep downstairs, I, I need space. It's also a good response to kind of good information to see how they respond to that. And if you don't, I'm going to go sleep downstairs Mm -hmm. to give yourself that space because you've already gone through I feel this, this is what I need. I will meet that need. Yeah. I had many couch nights for myself. Then I bought a comfy couch because I was like, this is not comfy. So that could be a boundary too. (laughs) buy the comfy couch. Uh, What do you suggest when you're in a heightened emotional response and hone I don't know what that and how your tools are working. None of your tools are working. None Sorry. Of your tools. Okay. So I'm in a heightened emotional response. I'm trying to use all my tools, but they're not working. What do I do? That's an EMDR space. Cause you, in my opinion, that's, I've thought through all the things I've learned all the things, but when there's that, um, I mean, you're in I, a triggered, I, I was, I mean, I lived in that space for a while. I saw Dr. Skinner for three years looping around. If I can just make sense of this, if I can read all the books, if I can, that's that space. I had to really dip down. Um, what is this saying about me? What are the beliefs that I have Mm -hmm. about me getting into that deep, those coming back to those core beliefs? I feel like I'm not enough. Okay. That gives you. And, and I know for me, and if I'm in a heightened emotional state, I'm using my little toolbox journaling. Mm-hmm. I'm getting outside. I'm going on a drive. I'm exercising, reaching out to my people. And I still feel heightened. Sometimes I will beat myself up. I don't give myself the grace. Like I know better. I'm disappointed in myself for showing mm-hmm. up and not being able to regulate my emotions. Um, this was my 42nd birthday. (laughs) My emotions were all over the place and I could not regulate. And I tried like 10 different times of just like, what is wrong with me? And I could not get back to me. Okay. And looking at number one, giving yourself permission to have messy days, even if it's your birthday, but then two, um, what is wrong with me? That's a belief that kind of goes deep. I should, mm-hmm. you know, whenever you say should I'm shooting all over myself, uh-huh. whenever we say should that shame, which is going to direct you to the negative belief mm-hmm. you're saying, I know enough. Why yeah. am I not? I, instead of 
the curiosity, okay, what, what story, what underlying negative belief um, am I hitting upon here that I feel like I was at arrival and now I've, there is no arrival. No. But that is, that's a big indicator of, I know you do a lot of ART. Mm-hmm. That's a big ART one. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I, I'm disappointed in myself. Yeah. You know? Okay, let's, let's explore that. Yeah. Okay, I'll add it to my list. Yep. Let me, gee. Okay. Um, whoopsies. That's it. Whoopsies. <laughs> whoopsies. Whoopsies. Anything you'd like to add? I just really would like, number one, I would like everyone listening to be able to just pick up your laptop and be, okay, look where we are. Um, But I can show. I just, I am always filled with being in the presence of, of such beautiful, amazing women. So if you haven't take time for a retreat, invest in yourself. I know I sound like Disney now get away today. It's like, <laughs> but no, do but invest in yourself. I woke up this morning to a message that said, seeing this retreat and I'm not showing any of their faces, but they're seeing what we're doing here. There's regret. I didn't sign up for this. Right. I didn't invest in myself. When is the next one? I love it. And, and, yeah. It's, and it's hard. That goes to, am I selfish for doing this? Yeah. I received a message yesterday. I did, I did a retreat here four years ago. Um, I got a message from one of the gals yesterday who said, I did that retreat four years ago. And the people I met there, we still, Marco, almost every day. And some of them that live by me, they are amongst my very best friends. So the, just the experience, um, get away today. <laughs> yes. Find your people, connect, mm-hmm. and create that space for yourself. Yes, Don't absolutely. wait to be invited. Invite yourself. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being here with me today. Whether I was with you doing your dishes while you got ready or driving in your car. If you found a nugget in this episode, please take 30 seconds. You can click on the link below in the show notes and leave me a quick review over on iTunes, or you can share on social media or shoot me an email. It offers me your support without you having to spend a dime or much of your time. Until next time, be the buffalo.